I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. How are you, Gary Jr.? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing well also. So we are taping this before the Super Bowl so that we're not talking about that today because the game uh, has not technically taken place, even though it has, <laughs> if you know that, know what I mean. So, Gary, uh, but I tell you, what an interesting week in basketball with um, the trade deadline being on the ninth, and then all of a sudden you had all this movement among all the teams, and it's pretty interesting. But, you know, I, I also, looking back at the last week or so, Gary, I, I, I just, I'll be remiss if I didn't talk about the hottest team in basketball because they've won 10 in a row as of this taping, 10 in a row. And that's the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. And I guess uh, everyone's back, I guess. I think middle Middleton's back. Uh, Drew Holiday's playing like an all-star. He is an all-star. He's on an all-star team, that is. Uh, They've won 10 in a row. They're 39 and 17, but still in second place. But how would you like to start today, Gary? Want to get into the draft? I mean, not, not draft, the uh, trades? Or like want to go a little bit of a recap of uh, the top five or six players for MVP this year, as I would see it, as you would see it? Or, and where would you like to start? Well, let's start with this, um, because we haven't spoken on this since this happened. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we want to congratulate LeBron James for being the all-time leading scorer um, in NBA history. Um, he did it on a, uh, you know, on a probably a a high post, a, a mid-range uh, fadeaway shot. So congratulate LeBron James for doing that. Um, it doesn't really change our all-time rankings, I don't think, but uh, congratulations uh, to him on that on that note. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to say anything on that real quick. Well, yeah, quickly, I, I did have it down as one of my uh, points of interest for the, the past week. And, yes, he is to be commended uh, for surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, I think uh, Jabbar came out recently and said, you know, the game has really changed because now you just do not learn a position. You play, in some instances, multiple positions. And he was, he was referencing uh, the Greek freak because Giannis does that. And he said back in his day, if he had gotten a rebound and started dribbling the ball out on the court, everybody would have started screaming and yelling to get rid of the ball. So the game has changed significantly. Uh, the three-point shot, obviously, a very uh, dominant part of every game t- today. And, and people are scoring a lot of, a lot of their, their points that way. And it wasn't that way back in the day, back in the, obviously, 70s and 80s. Um, but he is to be commended. You're right. Doesn't change my the way I would look at the top players of, of all time in basketball. I, I I had LeBron in the top five, and there's no for me there's no question about that. But when you look at uh, you know the guy who's number one, and some people would like to try to put LeBron and Michael in the same sentence, and yes, they both play basketball. But bottom line of it is, <laughs> I mean, Michael six titles, six MVP in the finals. 10 first team all NBA, nine all defensive team, defensive player of the year, played 15 seasons, not as long as LeBron, missed a couple of years, 
five-time MVP, and things that no one's going to do. No one's going to ever surpass, and I think this is a far bigger barometer of, of one's scoring ability. Michael scored over 30 points, an average over 30 points a game, seven consecutive years. In one year, 1987, Gary, he averaged 37.1 points a game. Now, granted, we're seeing some high numbers, prolific numbers this year, but no one's going to hit 37.1 points a game. And, you know, Michael's career scoring average, and this is despite playing for the Wolf of Wizards, his career at the age of 40-something, his career scoring average is over 30 points, surpassing Wilt, who several years averaged 50 points a game. So you put that all together, Gary, uh, defensive player of the year in 1988, third best player in the history of basketball and, and steals as well. Uh, to me, the rankings do not change whatsoever as far as I'm concerned, but I do commend LeBron James for having uh, passed that record and, uh, and and he's having a great he's having a great year. Uh, he's averaging well over, you know, thirty points, well, a little over thirty points a game right now. And at his age, that's very good. Unfortunately, the Lakers are in thirteenth place, but you know, so be it. So Gary, yes, that that's a good place to uh, to start. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not unfortunate he doesn't play any defense, but um, you know, I think. The, you know, the debate, you know, on all these TV shows is really going down to longevity versus prime of career. And we all know that it goes by how long you were the most dominant player and what you were doing during those years instead mm-hmm. of just a longevity award, which is funny because when, you know, when Kareem had the best quote unquote NBA career ever, they never use that argument. But now that LeBron's there, they're using that argument. And I think it's funny, too, that the NBA is promoting uh, a recent game that's going to be on TV this week mm-hmm. as LeBron, the all-time leading scorer. You know, I think that's very interesting. I think they should just promote it as LeBron and the Lakers versus whoever they're playing against. But, you know, having, you know, saying he's the all-time leading scorer in a promotion is not going to make me want to watch the game anymore because <laughs> he's already the leading scorer. So, it's not going to yeah. really change anything. But, you know, congratulations to him. And, uh, you know, we're definitely going to be talking about his team um, a little later on in this podcast. Yes, uh, the 13th place, uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, so, so Gary, I mean, some block-busting, block-buster trades, that's for sure. And the one that was the most shocking for me was uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, not well, shocking, but, uh, you well, know, one Before we and, get to that real quick, before we get to okay, that. Okay, yeah. Real quick, let's let's even start from the you know from the real beginning. The shocking point is the Brooklyn Nets as an organization. Okay. In one week, the Brooklyn Nets lost two top twelve players <laughs> in a five day span. I've never look. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of basketball that 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 team has lost. Actually, the team has lost three players. You know who who I would say are top twenty players at the absolute worst in the NBA right now in one, you know, in one year. Because mm-hmm. James Harden was traded for Ben Simmons at the trade oh, yeah. line last year. That's right. That's so, right. You know, I'll, you know, I'll let you go back to Kevin Durant, but I think we have to first acknowledge the fact that the Brooklyn Nets, I feel bad for them as an organization because they had to deal with some very unique situations with COVID-19, you know, with COVID-19 and, and, um, and obviously getting 
uh, uh, Kevin Durant when he was injured before he even got there. But I'll let you get back into the trade a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I want to touch upon what you just said. You know, James Harden is having a very decent year. The Sixers are in third place, 35 and 16. Harden's averaging 21.1 points a game, and he's leading the NBA in assists. And this is not the first first time that he has led the NBA in assists. He's getting about 11 assists a game, get, scoring 21.1 points a game. He's having a decent season. But we know that, you know, obviously in the playoffs, things, things can change. Uh, and obviously, you know, Kyrie was averaging 27 points a game when he went over to uh, the Mavs. And Kevin Durant around 30 points a game. So to lose <laughs> that many points, <laughs> literally in a matter of months, is really is pretty astounding, and 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 they're gonna, you know, they're gonna drop like a rock. And as far as the the uh, their, their position in the East, they're thirty three and twenty two as we're speaking right now. Uh, but I, I just don't see how they will crawl into the uh, playoffs. I, I just don't see it. And I disagree um, with you there. Okay, let's we'll talk about that then. Yes, um, I think that they are they're they're toast. And I think on the other side of the ledger, I I think that. Um, the Suns have really uh, solidified their – right now they're in fifth place, but uh, they're 20, 31 and 27. But they're, they're solidified their position as a contender at this point because there's no way, barring anyone obviously getting hurt and missing the bulk of the season or the rest of the season, uh, that they are not going to be in the mix. Now, you know, the All-Star game is not even for another week or so, Gary. And, the, you know, they've already played 56 games. So there aren't there aren't that many games left in the regular season. Only about, you know, 27 or so, 26 games left. So uh, the season is almost over. So we're just talking now about, you know, the positioning. Where are you going to be in, in, the, in the rankings? Or, you know, what, are you going to make the playoffs? Are you going to be in the play-in? Uh, and who are you going to play in that first round? Yeah, so that that's always a you know a difficult task. You know, the Celtics did it the hard way. They played every tough team last year on their way to the uh, NBA Finals. But uh, you don't want to have to do that. So, and then you have some teams like the Kings who are in third place now. And you said to yourself, you know, can a team that's a perennial playoff team? You know, beat them in the first round. Yeah, you know they get matched up against the against the uh, the Warriors, and you know, you never can tell what could happen. Or the Clippers, you never can tell how they can they can experience a quick exit. But getting back to the trade with Kevin Durant, Gary, I, I um, you know, obviously he didn't want to be the one turning off the lights over in Brooklyn. So when Kyrie left, uh, it was it was the writing was on the wall that he was going to uh, to leave, and I, I cannot think of a better place for him to land than the, the the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I completely agree, especially because uh, the Brooklyn Nets didn't get DeAndre Ayton out of the deal. Um, the reason why I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to remain competitive this season, you know, the, one is because there's not a lot of games left. That's why they're not going to drop too far. But mm-hmm. uh, two, um, in the trade, they got uh, Mikael Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson, and four first-round picks. Uh, you know, uh, Cam Johnson is a very good role player. And Mikel Bridges, I think he has the chance to really become, uh, you know, I'm not going to say a Kawhi Leonard player, but a Kawhi Leonard-like player. And what I mean is is that when Kawhi was playing with the San Antonio Spurs, he was kind of putting up the numbers that Mikel Bridges was putting up. 
mm-hmm. when he had Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Manny Ginobili and all this. Now I think Mikel Bridges will have a, you know, he'll be the number two option, if not number one option. I think uh, the beginning of the year, it'll be Spencer Dinwiddie, and then it'll be Mikel Bridges. Uh, once Cam Johnson, I'm sorry, once Cam Thomas uh, stops shooting the ball 35 times a game, trying to score 45 <laughs> points every night, and not doing it at a very you know, efficient level, they will start to have a Mikel Bridges shine a little bit more. And if he's able to turn into an all-star caliber player, obviously, like I said, not Kawhi Leonard, because it's hard to put that on anybody. Mm-hmm. 22, 23 points a game score. I think Brooklyn can be competitive this year. And when I mean competitive, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, make the playoffs and obviously lose in the first round. But mm-hmm. they have the talent to at least stay in the playoff seedings, I believe. Yeah, see, I just don't see it. They they don't have any uh, any punch. I mean, you got Joe Harris, Bridges averaged about uh, you know seventeen points a game uh, you know, during his stint with and the. But I I agree he's going to get more looks. I agree he's he's going to be a good play, yeah, better player with the Nets because he will have more opportunities. But I just think it's going to take a little while for all these players to uh, kind of come together and gel a little bit. So I just don't see much of a uh, of a. Of a of a, of a future for the team this year, but I, I do think that they can, you know, be a, you know, next year or with all those draft picks, et cetera. You know, Fenny Smith is was averaging about nine points a game and then we're down there in, in Phoenix. So I, I, I just think, think that they're going to take a little time to, to come together. And, and I think the ownership, they expect that. I don't think they, you know, they, they don't expect to be winning any championships this year. So, you know, and don't, we're not going to mention our buddy Ben Simmons. Yeah. You know, so, they don't really have any any real punch that uh, any player that you have to fear on that team. So, uh, from an offensive perspective, I think they got some good defensive players because I think Ben plays great defense, and obviously Bridges was one of the top defensive players on, uh, last year and made the all the defensive team and defensive player of the year. So they got some players that can play defense and blocks. Claxton blocks a lot of shots, uh, but I think that they're 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 kind of limited this year. So. In my opinion, so Gary. So let's go to another subject. I mean, we differ. Let's want to follow up on that, but otherwise, no. we talk about the maps because I think that that's going to be an interesting. Well, well I want to stay on the Phoenix Suns. You know, I want to okay. focus on the other side of this trade. Okay, okay. Uh, they are the favorite, and they should be the favorite to get to the Western Conference Finals. Um, I don't, you know, I was just looking at the seating, and we can touch on Dallas too as we're talking about it because mm-hmm. you know, uh, right now at the playoffs, and if the playoffs started today, they'll be playing the Phoenix Suns. And uh, that would be extremely exciting for the NBA to see yeah, Kyrie we're... Irving versus Kevin Durant. Uh, but we all know how that would kind of go. It would be Phoenix in a landslide. But, uh, you know, the Phoenix Suns are the favorites to win the championship if they stay healthy because they got rid of a lot of their depth. But, I, you know, as we, uh, you know, we both look at, you know, these teams fully healthy. So if fully healthy, the Phoenix Suns will get to the NBA Finals this year. And uh, that'll be great for Kevin Durant's legacy because I think it's you know I think as a Kevin Durant fan, this is the best place that he could have landed uh, with Chris Paul and, and and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton um, all there. And for the Phoenix Suns, it's the best place for him, Kevin Durant, because as we all know, when they played Dallas in Game Seven, they had I think one of the worst games I you know that I've seen in a yeah. Game Seven. They were absolutely horrible. And you yep. know that would not happen if Kevin Durant on the court. That would definitely not happen. So it's great for both teams um, as well. And real quick, I'll touch on the Dallas Mavericks just for a second. 
Um, Kyrie Irving going there, I think, is going to be a disaster for Dallas long term. I think short term will be great because I think Kyrie Irving will be on his best behavior, and I believe that Dallas will give him a contract extension. The mm-hmm. problem will be on the court because him and Luca are going to play uh, my turn, your turn, uh, ISO basketball, and that's not going to conduce to a whole lot of big time winning, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Gary, I, I I agree with your points about the uh, Mavs, uh, but I'll start with the with the Phoenix Suns. Suns, and I, I I really see this team as being uh, extremely extremely impressive now. Devin Booker's back. Uh, you know, that's 26, 27 points a game. Kevin Kevin Durant was getting 30. And the guy, we talked about this off the air, the guy who's the, who has the biggest smile on his face right now is Chris Paul. I mean, it's like he, he died and went to heaven. You know, this is unbelievable to have two of the best sh- shooters in the game, mid-range shooters in the game on your team. One to your left, one to your right. Which one do you choose? And and, I'm a, and secondly, who's gonna? You know, obviously they'll d- base it on the the height of the of the of their defensive players. But you know, it, usually the stopper on the team would have to guard Devin Booker, or usually the stopper of the team would have to have to guard Kevin Durant. Well, you got a problem, and then you got a center who can who's a very offensive minded center. Uh, that is DeAndre and Aiton, who right now is actually because he's played more games than everybody else. He's averaging about 19 points a game. He's also the, the team leader in rebounds, one of the leaders in NBA in rebounds with 10. And right now, you know, I mean, it's just they are really strong. And now you can say, well, how about their bench? What's going to happen there? Well, they still have Cameron Payne. You know, he, he's getting about 12 points a game. So yes, Gary, I think that, that Chris Paul has really. Uh, fallen into a great situation but you know they've, they've they've ruined it before so you know chris paul has ruined it before he, he does he has to get that monkey off his back he just fades in games and chokes in games so uh, but th- their biggest plus is that they they have a guy like kevin durant who does not fade in games he does not choke in the big moment so devin Booker does not have to worry about oh fourth quarter we're down by by four what are we going to do no, just give the ball to Kevin. You don't have to worry about it. So um, they're not going to be able to double double team Kevin. So that's that's another big advantage that he would have that he did not have back with the um, the Kyrie, the Kyrie um, list Brooklyn Nets because if Kyrie was not on the floor, they just doubled Kevin and got the ball out of his hands. Can't do that with this with this Phoenix team. So uh, and plus Phoenix has been on the big stage before. You know they they uh, they've been there before. So all of those factors would have them to me. The leaders, the leader, as far as when you're looking at which team will be in the finals and which team will actually win the NBA uh, championship this year. The Nuggets, granted, they're having a great year. You could say, hey, the Joker should be considered for MVP for a third straight time. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, potentially, if we have time in the show. I don't think he should get that, get the MVP. Well, I didn't think last year, I didn't think he deserved it. But anyway, I think that he's... Uh, He's a good runner-up candidate, but, you know, he's won it twice in a row, so what can I say? But the bottom line of it is um, they're not going to be able to stop the juggernaut known as the Phoenix Suns because uh, the Suns are just too potent right now. And I feel for teams like Grizzlies and Kings. They're young. They're, 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 they're going to, you know, get better as time goes on. But the Mavs, I also agree with you, Gary. The Mavs have not 
in my estimation, made themselves any better. Because Kyrie and Luca, I must have the ball all the time, Dotsik, they are going to be, you take the ball out. No, you take the ball. You, no, you take, you take the ball out. No, no, I took the ball out last time. You take the ball. Yeah, you know, they're not going to share, you know. <laughs> they both need the ball. They will both want the ball. The ball is like oxygen for both of them. And without it, they don't exist well. So, you know, Mark Cuban did it again. So bottom line of it is uh, the Mavs, if they hold on to that fourth spot, it's out of default more so than anything else. But um, going far and deep into the playoffs, as you mentioned, Gary, if they have to play the Suns, they won't because the Suns are going to climb over them very rapidly. I don't see the Suns losing that many games from this point on, quite frankly, barring any injuries. And so they won't have to worry about playing the Suns in the first round. But, you know, if they have to play the Clippers or play the Pelicans or even play the Warriors, you know, it's, um, you know, it should be interesting. I'm not saying they're going to lose in the first round, the, the, the Mavs, but that far. Well, yeah, I think Dallas will look great during the regular season. I think ISO ball works great in the regular season. So we won't really know or see it until the postseason. Um, but... You know, just talking about another trade, because we talked about this team earlier, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. I think getting Jay Crowder for five second-round picks from the Brooklyn Nets, which I think is just, you know, excessive. But uh, uh, Jay Crowder is going to help the, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks out big time. Uh, You know, he's a strong, you know, 3 and D guy that's going to be able to allow Milwaukee to have him guard the best player on the Boston Celtics. That's the reason why they got him. They got him, you know, to guard Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That is right. And and we know that Jay Crowder used to play for the Celtics, and, you know, that's when he really started getting on the map when he started playing with the, uh, the Celtics. And mm-hmm. we know he doesn't really like the Celtics too much as an organization. So I believe that that was a great pickup for Milwaukee. Yes, they're hitting all cylinders now. I think the key thing is going to be for the Milwaukee Bucks is going to be the health of Chris Middleton, um, you know, going forward um and also the you know the milwaukee bucks have played together for such a long period of time that they kind of know uh you know how everyone plays i think the the interesting part is going to be as well is that uh how will how does the milwaukee uh, bucks defense fare you know with jay crowder obviously having him on the team and having drew holiday is going to help but now you you know your matchups are going to change because who is chris middleton going to guard that's right. You know, most teams don't have three guard lineups, you know, unless you're the Lakers. Uh, so what are you going to do, you know, when you're guarding, uh, you know, when that is the matchup? For example, the Boston Celtics, you know, uh, I guess Chris Middleton will have to guard Jalen Brown or, or, you know, but that's that means Drew Holiday will have to guard Malcolm Brogdon, and Brogdon's a little, you know, too strong for Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that matchup just doesn't work. So they're going to have issues against – Against basically every team in the league now because of you know adding a three and D guy. I guess Giannis will have to play center, but then you lose the advantage of playing big. And I think that's the one thing that the Milwaukee Bucks have that more teams should do. When the Lakers won their championship in the bubble, they were a big team. The Milwaukee Bucks are a you know when they won their their championship, they were a big team. That's how they're consistently beating teams is because they were so big. Brooklyn Nets, who didn't get the memo, that's why they don't have the team they have anymore. Uh, playing big definitely helps you in the postseason because you're allowed to be more physical. Uh, but I think that was the the key trade for me that happened, at least in the Eastern Conference. That was the biggest trade to me that affected the uh, 
the landscape of that conference. So, Gary, any other trade activity that you would like to uh, talk about? I mean, obviously, Josh Hart going to the uh, Knicks made the uh, <laughs> the Knicks happy. But anyhow, that's not a real big trade. But that's just talking nice. about that Villanova trio, because Bridges and, and Josh Hart and, and Jalen Brunson, they were all part of an NCAA championship team. And uh, they they were all in the news this week. Uh, I, I like to just make one quick note about the Knicks because when the Knicks have three players, I know they're you know they're in seventh place, they're thirty and twenty seven winning record, but they got three players that are averaging over twenty points a game. And I just have to make make um, you know to talk about that for just a split second because you know R.J. Barrett's getting twenty point one points a game, and you know Brunson once again the Villanova. I know I'm making all these comments about Villanova players, but you know I, I just had to make that quick comment of this brief comment, not quick, quick, brief comment about the trio in New York. And obviously the third wheel of that, not to have three wheels because usually have four wheels would be Randall. You know, Randall is, um, Julius Randall's getting 24.8 points a game. So uh, it's been quite a trio that they have there with the Knicks and they're quietly, you know, hanging in there in the seventh place. Hopefully they can get above the play-in level, and we'll see if that happens. Any any other comments about the trades, though, Gary? I, I just threw Josh Hart in there just to throw him in Well, there. we got to talk about the Lakers. We have to. we got to oh, do what every, uh, we gotta do what every single media platform does, and that's talk about the Lakers. Yeah, so go, let's do it. Let's I'll, let you, about, I'll let you lead on this one. Go ahead. <laughs> well, the Lakers were a part of a three-team trade. You know, I'm not going to get to the, the nitty-gritty of it, but basically Russell Westbrook was sent to Utah. Mike Conley was sent to Minnesota, and the Lakers got uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, they got uh, D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley on the team, and they also traded Thomas Bryant away, and they traded Patrick Beverly for Mo Bamba uh, to the Orlando Magic. So, all in all, you know, this was a great uh, trade deadline for the Lakers, but it reminds me of the 2018 Cleveland Cavaliers. When they traded half their team for a bunch of guys and said, this is going to work. Well, it worked to get to the NBA Finals because Kyrie Irving got hurt during that run. But uh, that wouldn't have worked in any other season. So, you know, I think it's a good, it's a great pickup to get more shooting. Uh, I believe uh, Rob Palenka, the Laker GM, basically said that this could be our, you know, our free agency moves, you know, uh, during the summer, we may not make any moves besides probably re-sign D'Angelo Russell. We'll see how long that lasts. But, you know, the uh, the Lakers got better. I believe that they will now be a play-in team because the Utah Jazz have gotten worse. And we don't know if Mike Conley's going to be able to stay healthy for Minnesota. I think he's a better fit than D'Angelo Russell because he will, you know, pass the ball and let Anthony Edwards, you know, get more shots. D'Angelo Russell is more of a, um, a two-guard that can pass than, uh, you know, than Mike Conley, who's a passer first that can score when he's healthy. Um, so, you know, Minnesota is is still going to be up there and, you know, all these other teams. And obviously Golden State, when Steph Curry comes back, will be up there as well. But I think the Lakers are now a play-in team. I hope they don't make the play-in tournament because I don't want to – I don't like when teams trade half their, half their team just to make the play-in tournament. You know, it, it's – it's not good for the NBA, in my personal opinion. But if the Los Angeles Lakers do get in the playing tournament, it will be, you know, the ratings will be great for the NBA. So I guess that's what they're excited about, I guess. But all in all, you know, I think the Lakers probably have the best trade deadline of any team 
Because the Phoenix Sun, they lost a lot of depth when they added Kevin Durant. Obviously, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get Kevin Durant. Yeah. But the Lakers have a more complete roster now than they did before the trade deadline. Well, I get a kick out of the Lakers. I get a kick out of uh, Dallas because I think they make trades that I kind of disagree. I agree with you on some parts of your of the L.A. trade, but because they wanted to get rid of Westbrook, they were treating him terribly. And I think uh, Russ hopefully will land ultimately because we both believe that he'll probably end up in Chicago when all is said and done. Um, I, I think that they treated him very, very badly. Um, and the bottom line of it is, you know, the Lakers are scratching their heads saying, oh, let's see, you know, uh, we, we lost Kuzma, so we get someone just like Kuzma. It's the guy who replaced Kuzma in games with the Wizards. No, you made up, you messed up when you got rid of Kuzma, okay? Just just admit it. Kick yourself in, the, in the, wherever you want to kick yourself. Kuzma's averaging over 21 points a game. You lost him. And, oh, yeah, you had Russell before. And he, oh, yeah, he's not good enough to be with, with the Lakers. We're bringing ball and do so and so and so. Yeah, mistake. What are you doing now? You're bringing him back because you screwed up when you got rid of him. So I, I just get a kick out of these teams that step in it, and then they go back and they step in it again. Now, will they be a better team because of the fact that, that you know, Russell can I mean, uh, um, right, D'Angelo Russell, right. Russell is a better scorer, better shooter than than uh, than than Russell Westbrook. Yes, and you are you 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 have a better attitude toward toward um, you know D'Angelo Russell than you did with with uh, Russell Westbrook and all these Russells. Yes, that would that would be helpful. But you know, I, I I just think that they're doing all this remedial work because they screwed up to begin with, and I think it's kind of hilarious because they have you know one of the top five players in the history of the game, that being LeBron James, averaging over 30 points a game. And they have one of the best big men, one of the top 10 players in, in the game currently. And there's in 13th place, obviously a change of trade just happened. They're going to struggle to get into the playing game. I mean, that is to me just so absolutely, absolutely terrible that we're even talking about the Lakers in this, in this manner. And I really, you know, I, I'm almost putting them in the Ben Simmons category. I don't really care because the bottom line of this, the Lakers are going nowhere fast and that they made moves that just kind of remedial moves, the things that they screwed up before. Now they're trying to correct now. And I don't know. I'm just so, so down on, on the Lakers. It's uh, yeah. I, I probably said more than I should, should have said, but I, I, I don't want to see them get above the Warriors. I don't think they will. I don't want to see them get above the Timberwolves. I want the Timberwolves to come back strong. I know they don't have, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell on the team, but I hope the cat can really working with Anthony Edwards, you know, they can stay strong and, and, and be ahead of those Lakers. And quite frankly, when <laughs> hit the, the thunder <laughs> with side doing the, playing the way that he's playing, he's a, Averaging over 31 points a game. Uh, if they can get ahead of the Lakers, I'll be happy with that as well. I don't see the Jazz being able to do that. Uh, Damian Lillard's doing everything he can. They're 27 and 29, you know, still ahead of the Lakers at this point. And, and he's averaging 31 points a game as well. I don't think they can hold off the Lakers. But the bottom line of it is, uh, you know, where the NBA is going now, where you don't have to be one of the top eight teams, you just have to be close, you know, to get into the playing game. Yeah, maybe the Lakers would do that. Maybe they'll intimidate the, the playing team um, opponent that they would have to face and get by that. But uh, I, I just, um, you know, I, I just don't 
don't don't see the Lakers doing that much this this season. Once again, only a handful of games left. They got to win a lot of games in order to get a good position in the playoffs, and we'll see if they're able to do that. You know, the Warriors have been hit. You know, Steph's going to be gone for another two weeks. Uh, you know, so they're going to have they're going to have problems hanging on. I believe uh, Williamson's coming back uh, to the All Star game, or maybe. Yeah, right after the last game, I believe. And so hopefully along with uh, another former Laker who would love to be able to play against them. I'm not even going to get into that. But anyhow, another former Laker was at the Pelicans, who is a prolific scorer. I think that he will uh, you know, allow the team to be very competitive. And if they end up playing against the Lakers in a playing game, I, I have my, I'll have my money on the Pelicans. I know. The refs may not agree with me, and thus it may not occur that way, but I still would hope that the Pelicans would be able to beat them down if they have to play a playing game against the Lakers. Obviously, the Clippers will kill them if they play them. In my estimation, I think the Clippers will only get stronger as we're getting closer to the end of the year. No, they don't cheat in the NBA. They play fairly, right? They call fouls for everyone, you know, exactly the same, right? But <laughs> but no, no, I agree with you. Um you know, I think the Lakers got better, but again, I, like I said before, and you know, you pointed this out to me, you know, when this trade happened a few, a few years ago, that when you trade a bunch of guys and put them on one team and think they're going to click overnight, it's not going to happen. And it worked for the Cavs in 2018 because it was the worst Eastern Conference, worst conference. I, in NBA history when it comes to the uh, the playoffs because they played the Indiana Pacers. Their best player was Victor Oladipo. Then they played the Toronto Raptors with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. And every time they played the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Toronto Raptors were scared to death. Right? I'll never forget when Jonas <laughs> Valanciunas had a chance to win the game and he couldn't make a, a two-foot layup. And he got the ball like four straight times and kept <laughs> missing the layup. Right, So that, and, so that just shows you all that, and then the next year they get Kawhi Leonard, and they win the championship. So that just shows you, you know, about their team. And then they played the Boston Celtics, a young Boston Celtic team, without Kyrie Irving, who got hurt earlier in that year. And that was the first year when Kyrie was playing great with the Celtics, and there was no issue. And yeah. obviously that was the year when Gordon Hayward's leg went the wrong way, right? So they beat that team. They barely beat that team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a different conference. This is, you know, this is a completely different is the what you know the western conference has gotten much better uh, but you know i do believe that they can sneak in as a nine and ten seed and 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 or it'll be funny if they just miss it as an 11 seed but you know i think the playing tournament is a bad idea anyway that's just yeah. my personal opinion i agree but, uh you know because we're we're promoting you know i understand why they, they're doing it they don't believe you know they don't want teams to tank as a fan of, of you know of, of sports teams i like tanking taking uh, is the best chance for my team to win because if I'm a Utah Jazz fan, uh, we're never going to win if we don't tank because no one's <laughs> going to come to Utah. Sorry, <laughs> right? But you know the NBA wants you to draft well as a 14th pick. Yeah, have fun with that. But uh, you know, overall, I think the trade deadline you know was was very exciting. It was very it was very good to watch as a fan. I think it's going to be very interesting interesting to see the matchups. It's going to be interesting to see where Phoenix lands because I think the Clippers could be a tough matchup for Phoenix. I think, you know, I think Memphis, you know, in the first two rounds can be tough for Phoenix as well because of the injuries. Because uh-huh. Phoenix, because Memphis is a very physical team, 
and they're gonna make it tough for you every night. I think we'll, you know, I think I think they could win, but I think that's a tough series um for them. While uh, you know, Denver's you know more 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 of a finesse team. But I think it'll be interesting to see how the you know how it all shakes out. And uh, yeah, you're right. You brought up a great point with Steph Curry. Uh, the Golden State Warriors traded James Wiseman away. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, for James Wiseman's sake, I'm happy for him because yeah. the, the Golden State Warriors, I don't know what they were doing with James Wiseman. They were treating him, you know, like he was a Kevon Looney. And I'm like, you know, James Wiseman can, can play. He's an offensive scorer, you know, more than a defensive scorer at this point in his career. So hopefully Detroit will give him starting minutes and, you know, hopefully he'll live up to it because he's played, you know, he's had games where he scored 30 points a game this season. And the Golden State Warriors got Gary Payton, uh, on the second on their team, hoping that, you know, back on their team, hoping that that will give him a little bit of a spark. And I think he will, but the problem is is that the Golden State Warriors have a bigger problem, and it's the fact that Jordan Poole and Draymond Green still do still do not like each other since the punch that Draymond Green, you know, threw at him, and the team has not been the same since. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, how both conferences line up, but, you know, any final comments? No, I think you... Uh... You, you closed it nicely. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.